Many undocumented immigrants pay into Social Security through their paycheck deductions, but they might not be eligible to receive benefits from this federal program when they retire, unless they become permanent residents, with some restrictions, or citizens. This highlights even more the importance of saving for retirement. Contrary to popular misperception, non-citizens can open the most popular types of retirement accounts, such as a 401k, traditional IRAs, and Roth IRAs with qualifying IDs. I'm going to be doing this episode in two parts for the sake of simplicity because it's a lot of information to take in. So in this episode 7, part 1, I'll be going over the different types of tax-advantaged accounts and let you decide if any of them are the right fit for you. I'm Kevin Munoz, this is the Leo Podcast, and today is Monday, November 9th. If you're going to open a retirement account in the United States as a non-resident alien, there are several things that you will have to do. This includes ensuring that you have either a social security number from the Social Security Administration or an individual taxpayer identification number, known as ITIN, from the Internal Revenue Services. As you've probably heard me mention it in my previous episodes, what these numbers ensure is that all dividends, interest, and gains on your account can be correctly reported to the IRS. Either one can be obtained by sharing your immigration documents and confirming that you are eligible to legally work and reside in the United States. If not, then a savings account is always a good option. The sad truth is that the retirement itself is a foreign concept to many immigrants, and therefore they might have to spend their old age in poverty. Look, retirement isn't cheap. You're most likely going to have expenses like housing, healthcare, food, and taxes. Families rely on three main types of resources during retirement. One, social security income. Two, pensions and three, private savings and wealth. Traditionally, this has been referred to as the three-legged stool of retirement security. For starters, paying into Social Security happens automatically when you work. It's a payroll tax that you might have noticed being taken out of your paycheck automatically along with other taxes like your state tax. However, the money that you pay through your taxes is unfortunately not the same money you will receive later in life. See, Social Security is a pay-as-you-go system where the money that you and your employer contribute now is used to fund payments to people who are currently receiving benefits. This includes people who already have retired or are disabled, survivors of workers who have died, dependents, and other Social Security beneficiaries. The problem, however, is that Social Security is not guaranteed because the Social Security Administration estimates that in the year 2035, it will go bankrupt unless changes are made to how the system is funded. So what can you do? Well, the main thing you can do to plan for your retirement is to save money in a tax-advantaged retirement account where your money can grow. If you don't know the term tax advantage that refers to any type of investment, financial account, or savings plan that is either exempt from taxation, tax deferred, or that offers other types of tax benefits. These tax advantaged accounts come in two forms, tax deferred accounts and tax exempt accounts. For this part one of episode seven, we'll concentrate on tax deferred accounts. Tax deferred accounts, which as the name implies, the taxes on income are deferred to a later date. This is delaying any taxes that are due on investment gains until your funds are eventually withdrawn. An example would be if your taxable income this year is $50,000 and you contributed $3,000 to a tax deferred account, you would pay tax on only $47,000. Once you retire, if your taxable income is initially $40,000, but you decide to withdraw $4,000 from the account, your taxable income would be bumped up to $44,000. So let's go over the types of accounts. First, the traditional 401k plan, or wherever the equivalent of a 401k through your employer might be. I know state and local government employees get like a 457 plans and nonprofits, it's called like a 403b plan. Well, regardless, these are all employee-sponsored savings plans. 
They are defined contribution plans that are mostly funded by the employee through automatic payroll deductions. And for some lucky people, their employer might even match their contributions. If your work offers this option and you're an eligible employee, the way it works is you choose the amount of your tax-deferred contribution up to a certain limit and how you want to invest it. These might vary by the employer. The wages that you contribute to a 401k plan are always yours, even if you leave the employer. If you do leave, you can either choose to keep the money in their plan or move it to a new employer's traditional 401k plan, or even roll it over to a traditional IRA without paying any taxes or penalties. You should note, however, that if you withdraw funds before the age of 59 and a half, you will pay taxes and a 10% penalty in the year of withdrawal. Although some exclusions do apply, after the age of 59 and a half, the withdrawals you make are taxable at ordinary income rates for that year. Tapping into your retirement fund is up to you until you turned 70 and a half. At that point, the government requires you to take the distributions because they eventually want their tax money and you just can't keep delaying them forever. The other type of account that I'll be covering is called a traditional IRA, which is short for Traditional Individual Retirement Account. This is another type of tax-deferred savings account that you can open on your own with a financial institution. The way this type of account works is you open an account with a financial institution like a bank, a brokerage, or a robo-advisor. If you get one from a broker, you'll be able to invest in stocks and bonds. IRAs from banks generally offer certificates of deposits and savings accounts. With this option, you invest the money in your account. You can choose to invest in stocks, bonds, and other assets. Note though that how much your account grows per year and whether you lose money depends on how you invest it. There are also contribution limits. You can add $6,000 to this type of account per year in 2020, even if you're also contributing to a 401k or other workplace savings plan. The same rules apply as the 401k where you're not taxed on gains until you withdraw them. However, early withdrawal may be taxed as income and assessed a 10% penalty. This type of account is not to be confused with a Roth IRA, which is similar, but which lets you contribute after-tax dollars and take withdrawals tax-free in retirement. I'll be covering this type of account in more detail in part two of this episode. Again, with any of the retirement accounts I went over, you're essentially delaying any taxes that are due on investment gains until your funds are eventually withdrawn when you retire. The hope is that when you make any future withdrawals, you'll be in a lower tax bracket than when you made the contribution. Now it's time for some finance facts. The average American will retire at age 66 and live until nearly 79. However, for many retirement will last much longer than 13 years, especially for the Hispanic community, which according to the National Center for Health Statistics, live roughly three years longer than their non-Hispanic Caucasian peers and about six years longer than non-Hispanic African Americans. The numbers are skewed by the number of individuals who die relatively young. Hispanics, however, also retire with significantly less banked on average than some other ethnic groups. With longer life expectancies and fewer savings than the overall population, longevity risk or the threat of outliving one's assets presents a potentially bigger challenge for Hispanics. A lot of financial advisors recommend replacing 80% of your usual income once you hit retirement. Most of the time, Social Security payment alone won't be nearly enough to hit that target. That's why it's so important to start saving while you're young, using tax advantage vehicles such as an individual retirement account or a workplace 401k. So a few key takeaways for part one of episode seven. Social Security can add some padding to your retirement income, but don't count on it to be your sole source of income. 
Traditional IRA and 401k are two main types of tax-deferred retirement savings accounts. The main difference between these two account options is that a 401k must be sponsored by an employer while you can set up an IRA on your own. Both traditional IRA and 401ks typically offer a range of investment options that you can choose from so your money grows over time. Both types of accounts lets you avoid paying taxes on your money's growth while it's in the account. By contributing regularly and letting your money grow, you can use either account type to meet your retirement goals. Look forward to part two of this episode next Monday where we'll be talking about tax exempt accounts, which will include the Roth IRA account and the Roth 401k account. If you want to support me and the podcast, just follow my Instagram and any of my socials at latinamericaneo. And as usual, if you have any questions or want to know more in detail about what was covered on today's episode, you could find more info in my blog posts on my website, latinamericaneo.org. That's L-A-T-I-N-A-M-E-R-I-C-A-N-E-O.org. I'm Kevin Munoz. This is the Leo Podcast, and thank you for joining me today. I'll see you next time.